the Roman kings used to worship idols, gechkes. It was very silly and ridiculous. They would take a piece of wood and a wood would draw a face in it and bow down to it. And if they had more money, they would make one out of silver or gold and draw a face on it and say, oh, this made the world. This is all powerful now, even though they just made it with their hands. And sometimes they bowed to a bunch of different idols. And they heard about all these claims. They heard about Hashem. Oh, we know the Jews don't bow to our idols. They only bow to Hashem. Oh, we heard about him. And some people heard different things. Some of them knew that Hashem is the real boss. They're like, okay, my idols may be like... Um, and maybe he's like a waiter in the palace or like a servant in the palace. Hashem's the king on top of him, but um, I just want to talk to the waiter. Maybe he'll give me some food. That's like the mistake they made. Some of them thought maybe some, all the different types of mistakes they had. So there was a Roman emperor who he was so so off and haughty, he thought, you know what, maybe I'm such a big powerful emperor and the Jews, you know, and there's this idol. Maybe I could. Maybe I'm stronger than than Hashem. That's what he's thinking in his silly mind. So he called the Yiddish Chacham by the name of Rebbe Ben Hananya. Try to discuss with him and talk to him and argue. Maybe I'm smarter. Maybe I'm better and stronger. So now this was the king, and the tzaddik, the Chacham Shuben Hananya. He can't speak disrespectful to the king. Or else the king could have him punished, could kill him if he, if he speaks disrespectful. Or even, Hasashalm, or even could punish all the Yidin, get angry at all the Yidin. So he wanted to answer him and sh- explain to him how Hashem is stronger than anyone, is stronger and greater than what anything you could think of, and not, not like your Gechkes Hasashalm. But at the same time, he had to be careful how he spoke to him, speak to him respectfully. So the emperor asked to be sure, and I want to ask you some questions about Hashem. <clears throat> I know there's a pasuk that compares Hashem as like says, you know, like roars and strong like a lion. So, if Hashem's like a lion, it, that's strong, but not so strong. You know, you could kill a lion somehow. Sometimes people could kill a lion. So, your Hashem maybe is a little bit strong, but maybe I could overpower him. So now, I'm sure I know that the king is making a big mistake. Hashem's not like a lion. Hashem made all the lions. Hashem uncom- can't compare it to anything. The 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 Torah it compares. It's like we can understand. Oh, a lion strong. It's explaining. Oh, like something stronger than us, much greater. Just to give like a little bit of an like, example, like a muscle. So the king wouldn't understand everything he wanted to explain. So he said, you know, I'll, I'll explain to the king like this. He said, Your Majesty, yeah. Hashem's compared to a lion, but not like a regular lion. Rather, there's a certain type of big, huge, powerful lion called Tigris, which lives far away in a, in a certain forest. Do you know, Your Majesty, how powerful and how big this lion is? This lion is huge, much bigger than regular lions. Just from one ear to the other ear, how wide it is, is nine amas. That's like between like, I don't know, maybe somewhere like 15 feet or almost 18 feet. Can you imagine how big that huge lion is? Like a monster big? There's no way you can overcome that with all the strongest men. So the king, he was being very stubborn. And he did not want to understand. Because if a person wants to do the right thing, he wants to do the mitzvahs, then Hashem sends him 
also that his brain could understand properly the right thing. He could be smart to learn Torah and do the right thing. If a person wants to do Avedas, then when you explain to him how the right thing, he'll say, ah, I don't get it, ah, I don't get it, it doesn't make sense, I don't understand. So the king didn't want to understand. He said, nah, 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 because he wanted to do his idols. He says, eh, eh, I never saw a line like that big. I don't believe you. It doesn't exist. I'll only believe you if I see it. So Yeshua said, I'm sorry, your majesty, but this line is very far away. This forest is, you know, maybe thousands of miles away. So I, I can't bring it to you to show it to you. So the, the king said, well, I'm not asking you, please show me the lion. I'm telling you, you must show me this lion if you want me to believe you that Hashem is really stronger than me. And if you don't, it's going to be very bad for you because I'll show you're a liar and then I get to punish you all. So you see who you're dealing with here. This king's making a lot of trouble. But again, you, you, you can't talk back to this king Kutzpedek in a nice way or else he can have you killed. Hashem, please make one of those big lions should come here so the king should see. And Hashem listened to him and right away a lion very, very far away started traveling towards the city of Rome. Hashem told the lion the lion started to come. When the lion was coming it was pretty far away very far away even thousand, yeah, a few thousand miles away and it made such a loud roar a sound announced that he's coming it shook the whole wall of Rome and the wall surrounding the city fell and it made a big... Everyone in the city was terrified. Then the lion came even a little closer and made another huge roar which made such a big sound that it made an earthquake and it shook the city and the emperor even fell off his throne, his chair, and fell on the ground. So now the emperor heard the soundless lion and the whole city is shaking and now he got very scared and he realized, oh no, Yeshua is right. There's a powerful lion coming and I don't want to meet this lion. Look, when it's far away makes a roar, this is what happens in an earthquake. So he called Yeshua and said, please, please, pray to Hashem the lion should go back, should go away. Okay, okay. So Yeshua davened and then the lion turned around and went back. Hashem listened to him. So the emperor said, okay, fine. Okay, I'm convinced your Hashem is very strong. But, you know, I want to see him. I, 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 I want to meet him. I want to look at him. So Yeshua, again, told him, I'm sorry, Majesty, but that's impossible. No human being can see Hashem. And a person can't understand what Hashem is. We are very small people. And our brains are, are also small. It's only how big it is. We can't possibly understand or see Hashem. Hashem is much greater than anything we could possibly imagine. So the emperor said, Nah! I don't accept that answer. I order you, you must show me Hashem, or else. So what does he do now? So he said, okay, fine. Let's meet outside. You know, tomorrow, wherever it was, meet outside. Middle of the day. He came outside, and he said, your majesty, you want to see Hashem? Okay, look right into the sun right now. Now, if a person looks into the sun... It could really hurt his eyes very bad. A person could even go blind by doing that. So Yeshua told him in the middle of the day when the sun was very strong, look right into the sun, you'll see Hashem. He said, what? I can't do that. And I blind my eyes. I can't see it. I can't see. I can't, I can't look in the sun. He says, ah, your majesty, 
you can't look into the sun. The sun is just like us, one of the little servants Hashem made to serve him. You want to look into Hashem, see Hashem? If you can't see the sun, how do you expect to see Hashem? Uh, okay, fine. You proved me wrong. I can't see him. But, you know, let me at least do one thing. Let me make a big meal. I want to feed Hashem. I want to give some food for Hashem to eat. So now, Yeshua realized this king is pretty foolish. He's only thinking about his idols. His idols, you could see it, you could kick it over and break it. Yeah, you could put food in front of him, pretend it ate, smear some food on his mouth, who knows what. So he's thinking in his mind, like, very, very silly and simple. Thinking, oh, maybe Hashem is this, Hashem is that. He's realizing more and more, okay, fine, Hashem, he, he won. Okay, I want to give a meal to Hashem, I want to give him some food. So Yeshua said, uh, Your Majesty, he, he didn't explain to, I said it like this, he didn't explain to him Hashem doesn't eat food. He told him in a way, like, like that, like a, a little bit like a trick, kind of like this. He said, you can't give food to Hashem because if Hashem's, you want Hashem to come, there's going to be a lot, a lot of angels coming. And, uh, you know, you can't imagine how much food you're going to need. I don't know if you have enough food. So the king said, no, I don't accept that answer. You must, I, you must show me how to make a meal for Hashem. Okay, fine. Want to make a meal for Hashem? Try. So he told him, listen, first, you need a huge, huge, huge space. Because imagine, you know, who knows how many Malachim are going to come down, angels come down from heaven. Maybe it'll be uh, 100,000 Malachim. You have food for all of them? Even though angels don't eat, but he's, uh, the king decided he wants to serve a meal. Okay, fine. So you'll serve a meal. Huge, huge place. Maybe like nearby, this big lake, big open space will be big enough to set up this meal. So he told them what to make. I don't know, whatever the food they want to make. And they spent six months working hard preparing this huge meal. And I don't know how they kept the food fresh for so long, but somehow they did. Just before they were almost finished and they had like, everything almost set up, after six months of work, there came a huge storm or hurricane and it blew all the food, everything right into the lake, disappeared. So the emperor was all upset. Oh, I worked so hard for six months to make this meal. And then right before, it got blown into the lake. Eh, must have been by accident. It was bad weather. Eh. It just it just happened by itself. You know, uh, let's try it again. So this time he said, okay, let me try somewhere where the wind can't blow that strong. And he found the big area surrounded by mountains. So even if the wind blows, it doesn't blow so strong because the mountains are blocking the side. And again, they worked very, very hard for like half a year, six months, preparing this huge, huge meal. Aha, now Hashem's going to come and eat my meal. I, I made for him a nice meal. Yeah, that's what the king was thinking. And right before, like a few days before, another accident happened. All of a sudden there came a huge rain, huge flood, and it came washing through the whole place and everything got washed away and gone. So the emperor was all upset. Wait, for a whole year I tried to make a meal and everything's gone twice? So I went to Yeshua and said, can you tell me why this happened? So I said, your majesty, listen, if you want to invite a Shemta meal, you have to first prepare first. First, he needs, you know, his servants to sweep sweep up for him. So the wind wanted to sweep up for him. Then he had, to, he had to mop the floor. So the rain came to mop the floor for him. So he's explaining to the king like a way the king could try to understand. Oh, sweep the floor, mop the floor. Oh, no, I can't do this. I can't win. So the king, he still doesn't really understand what a shem. He's still thinking about his idol. He's still small-headed. 
but he's explained in the way the king would understand. What do you mean? mean? Hashem has to, you have to get ready for Hashem to come. Okay, I give up. Fine. I can't make a meal for Hashem. You should know, Jewish people, when we have the base of Mikdash, and also when we had the Mishkan of the desert, we would bring carbonized sacrifices, we would bring animals. And the Torah calls it, like my bread. Again, Hashem doesn't eat food like a person, but Hashem says it's a pleasure for me, Hashem's happy that we do what Hashem wants, that it's, it's, it's as if like serving a meal. But that's because we do what Hashem wants, and we listen to Hashem's mitzvahs. Hashem's happy to, to accept from us, so to speak, the present. But the king was a rasha, serving idols, so he didn't deserve to give any presents to Hashem. Everything got destroyed. So now, this emperor's daughter, she was also like her father, and she was also very haughty and stuck up, and did not speak nicely. So she told Yeshua ben Hananiah, hmm, I heard that Hashem builds a lot of things. There's a passing in Tilim, Hashem built the heavens, Hashem built the earth with a bunch of like different floors, and I want him to build something for me. Could you have him make for me uh, a spinning wheel? A spinning wheel is what they would use to to make threads. Is if you have like a, a lot of clothes and threads are made out of like that's for wool, skin of a the, the, the hair that grows on the outside of a sheep, the different things they make it from. But it's very fluffy. You have to make it thin. So there's different tools they use to make it into threads. So she said, can you get, have him give me a spinning wheel, see if you can make it. And she was trying to hint something to, to the tzaddik, is that she was saying, look, a spinning wheel, let's say somebody makes it and then gives it to me. Once they give it to me, I'm in charge of it. I'm the boss. So she's trying to hint, oh, Hashem made the world, have him make me a spinning wheel. Meaning like, you know what, maybe you're right, Hashem made the world. But now, I'm the princess, you know, I'm in charge of the world. Hashem's not. That's what she's trying to hint to the, the tzaddik. And Yeshua saw that she was trying to make fun of Hashem and she needed even to get punished. So he said, okay, you want a spinning wheel? You'll get one. And a little while afterwards, she got a big sickness, a big skin disease called leprosy, which is very catchy. And other people can catch it if they come too close. So the rule they had in the country was that anybody who has this catchy sickness They'd have to go away from the city, a certain place where they'd be by themselves. No one would come close to them, so no one should catch it. And they would all take a spinning wheel and make threads. They would sit there, and people should see them, have mercy on them. And that's what they did. So now, being that the prince had gotten a sickness, even the king, he was the king's daughter still, he didn't want to leave her on the palace, no one else should get sick. Okay, you go with everyone else. And she got her spinning wheel, she asked for. So one time, I'm sure passed by the street and he saw her. And she saw, oh, she asked for a spinning wheel, and she got it now. And she was all angry. And she said, uh, Shem, give me a spinning wheel. Have him take it back. She said, in a nice way. So Yeshua said, she doesn't deserve a miracle to get cured. So he said, I'm sorry, Shem doesn't take back presents he gives.